Here we go. That is the bell for round number 13, fight number four. We are officially in deep waters from a boxing perspective. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ganchos aligado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado. Rick, what's up, man? How's it going, man? You know, just ready to talk about this past weekend and the weekend coming up. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was a big weekend. wasn't mm-hmm. big as far as you know the number of fights or number of cards, but didn't need it when yeah. you got the living eight-time division champion Manny Pacquiao fighting, Rick. Yeah, no. You, when you get Manny Pacquiao, you know a legend of his of his stature. Yeah, you know fighting. Always a good weekend. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, and we're obviously we're going to get into the fight, get into the, you know, we know the result. We know Ugas won mm-hmm. uh, by unanimous decision. Um, I did call split decision, by the way. Yeah. And I, I had a feeling it was going to be close. I should have went with my gut. Too late to call it now. Yeah. But we'll get into some of the post-fight analysis. You mm-hmm. know, where does Manny go from here? Where does Ugas go from here? And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not completely impressed with Ugas. Okay. Yeah, no, no. He he beat a uh, an old Manny Pacquiao, and it, you know. Well, we'll get into it, but yeah. you know, it. Uh, he did what he had to do, and he put himself in a good position. Um, exactly. You know, for 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 a big fight coming up. Yeah. And we'll also talk about two other guys. Yeah. You know, well, one of them put themselves in a in a good position. To fight yeah. Fight. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I'll tell you, it's the uh, it's the overused styles make fights. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And so. Um, I, th- I think that's what happened in this case. Yeah. Okay. You're talking about two guys that potentially can fight uh, Ugas? Yeah. Okay. A little teaser you got, huh, Rick? Yeah. You know, well, All right. you know it was uh, the back in the mix fight. Oh, I see. You know, okay. now, you know, you, yeah. you, you talk about oh, that's right. the welterweight, yes. you know, who's yes. the top three. You who's know, you've relevant. Got, you've got Spence, you've yeah. got Crawford. You know, now you've got Ugas. Yeah. You know, you still have uh, Manny Pacquiao hovering around there. Yeah. But yeah. Who's, who's there at five? That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. We'll talk about that. But yeah, I mean, overall, you know, did the card deliver? I thought it did. I thought there was some good fights. Um, kind of ugly with the uh, with the Seha. It sounds like he's he's going to do well or uh-huh. he's going to do well. I'm, I'm hoping he got out of the hospital. Um, yeah, pretty pr- pretty interesting fight. I like the whole ensemble. Um, I know. Keith one-time Thurman, not your favorite fighter, Rick, but I think that he does an excellent job as the, whatever you want to call him, like the mm-hmm. analysts that sit on the uh, on that outer stage, kind of like Mikey Garcia did with Sean Porter. I think he's very articulate. I think he's very insightful. Um, I was listening to him in an interview afterwards. I thought he did great. So I thought the announcing and everything worked pretty well on, on Saturday. No, no, I think he did a, a great job. You know, I haven't... You know, not the biggest fan of of Keith one time Thurman in the ring, you know, but as an announcer, he did a great job. You know, I think he was the only one that was willing to come out before the fight. Yeah. And really say he felt like, you know, Pacquiao might lose this fight. Yeah. Yeah. He said his money was on a draw. Right. And he's not one to uh, predict and Mm -hmm. neither does Sean Porter, which I think is kind of a a cop out, you know. But overall, yeah, we'll we'll cover the fight, you know, um, what we think, details. There's boxing news, of course. Um, you know, we've got one card coming up this weekend, yep. um, which I, you know, I really don't like covering because it's it's a non-boxing event with uh, other. There are some real fights, right? Yeah. But the main event is the uh, I don't know which other brothers they are. It's one of the the YouTube guy, right? Uh, Jake, Jake Paul. Jake Paul yeah. against uh, the against better of Woodley. the two. The better of the two. Yeah. yeah. Not the one that just fought Mayweather. No, of no. course, right? Yeah, so one. yeah, so we got the you know Plant Canelo fight, of course. That mm-hmm. one looks like it's finally on. A um, little bit of Mikey Garcia news, yeah. right? Some uh, Andy Ruiz back in the news. Also, we got some um, Chris Iriola, one of our local guys. Yeah, right. We had something on him last week. We just uh, we didn't bring it up, but it looks like he may have an opponent. Yeah, and, and he was at the fight this past weekend, and he looked good. Yeah, he looked really good. By mm-hmm. the way, I'm telling you, ever since he started having Goose and train him, he just looks like a different fighter. Yeah, and he's he doesn't look like that old washed up heavyweight that's just hanging on for money. Mm-hmm. He's actually very competitive in there. No, yeah, you know, I think um, you know he he did a good job in his last fight, and uh, you know he's right there. You know he he could get a. a you know, he's not going to get one of the top, top guys, but one of the guys to get himself into, um, you know, maybe into contention. Yeah, and he deserves it. Yeah. He's, he's, put, he's put the time in, right? Yeah. Um, we're in round 13, Rick, and I got to tell you, it's not easy to pull a fight in round 13. Mm-hmm. We pulled now last uh, episode, 
last fight, I should say, fight number three, round 13, if memory serves. We went with the Jerry Hall, uh, Jerry Cooney, mm-hmm. of course, the great white hope against Larry, uh, the Easton assassin Holmes, okay? Yeah. Not as easy to pull a round 13, but if you're a boxing aficionado and a boxing historian, one of the greatest knockouts in boxing history was the great Rocky Marciano knocking out Jersey Joe Walcott in their first fight in 1952, Rick, with a stunning 13-round knockout after Jersey Joe Walcott was comfortably ahead yeah. in the fight heading into that uh, heading in that round, Rick. No, no, big fight. Um, you know, we watched it, uh, the replay, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit ago, and uh, I'd seen that knockout before. Yeah. You know, just didn't realize it was this one. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Uh, and by the way, Jersey Joe Walcott at the time, no spring chicken, right? So no. he's at 38 years old, mm-hmm. um, and Rocky Marciano's 29 years old. And then this was actually the first time that uh, Rocky Marciano had been knocked down. That's exactly right. That was the very first knockdown. So the, everything everything was was leaning toward um, a major upset, right? Yeah. But again, and if folks, if you haven't seen that fight, check it out. It's a good fight, or at least watch round 13. But you can kind of see Jersey Joe Walcott starting to wear down. Yeah. Right. And another one of those fights where, you know, if it gets stopped after 12, yeah. You know, Rocky Marciano's not undefeated. That's exactly right. The only, still, right, to to this this date, the only heavyweight Mm -hmm. to uh, champion to retire undefeated. Yeah. Right. Nobody else had done that. Always a lot of questions as to why he retired early. Mm -hmm. There's things you can read things about, you know, um, the money wasn't being handled right and he wasn't comfortable with it. There's, you know, injuries. He'll tell you that he wanted to spend more time with his family. Um, This guy was old school, right? This guy got drafted, was in the army. Mm -hmm. He said he got it. He started boxing because he wanted to get out of his kitchen duty. (laughs) So, I mean, these guys are, you know, the real deal. By the way, Rick, heavyweight championship at that particular time, um, 184 and a half pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's, I think in the 80s, too, I think when, when Rocky was fighting, yeah. you know, in the yeah. movie, right. he was 191 pounds. Is that what they yeah. announced when he they was fighting? Him, yeah. That's why. What yeah. made sense then? Yeah, the yeah. limit, I think, was 190 or, you know, they Yeah. W- did that include when he was baby oiled up? Uh-huh. And, and, uh, yeah, he was and, supposed and to be bigger pack? at that point, yeah. Was he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he got ripped. Uh-huh. Rocky got ripped. The other Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got super ripped. So, yeah, um, amazing fight. Uh, they fought um, not even a year later. They fought mm-hmm. in 1953. That fight ended in a one-round uh, KO. Of course, Jersey um, Joe Walcott getting KO'd yeah. in round one. So it didn't fare much better in the second fight. But, boy, I tell you what, that first fight, Jersey Joe gave him everything he can handle. And a lot of people, this was one of those, by the way, it was a 50-50 fight. Yeah. Going into the fight, a lot of folks thought that it was going to be, you know, the whole, the Jersey Joe's got too much experience versus, you know, the youth of Rocky Marciano. In the end, it was the youth of Mar- Rocky Marciano that won out, Rick. Yeah, and, and uh, pretty weird that, uh, you know, Rocky Marciano's 42-0. and 0, Yeah. You know, before he became the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. And the championship, by the way, was uh, the National Boxing Association yeah. World Heavyweight Championship. Even though the Ring magazine was still mm-hmm. around eh, about the in, in the fifties, but old school fighting, good fight. Check it out, folks. If you get an opportunity, it is a devastating right hand in the corner. It was. I don't want to say it was Marquez Pacquiao because it wasn't a counter. Mm-hmm. But it was that devastating to right. Yeah. You know, there he, he wasn't getting up. He went face down, you know, it, not good. He went face yeah. down, and then your favorite part of the fight, when the referee goes there and starts counting uh-huh. in his one through ten cadence, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That has no chance, right, yeah. of being inconsistent because he's a human being counting one, yeah. two, <laughs> right? <laughs> What's the difference between that, Rick, and in wrestling, WWE wrestling, mm-hmm. when someone goes out the ring, and how many seconds do they get to come back? Is it 10 or they 20? Get 10, yeah. yeah, 10 seconds, uh-huh. right? And they never seem to start on time, by the way. No. You ever notice that? Yeah. Right? And there's not too many matches 
where one it's usually both opponents that don't make it back in ten seconds. And, and they right? well, if one rolls back in and yeah. rolls right back out, then, yeah. then you got to restart. That's the it. Then it restarts, yeah. and then the referee is going to get distracted by all the shenanigans, mm-hmm. and then he finally starts yeah. counting. And if you ever pay attention. When they're when both wrestlers are out of the ring, the referee counts with two hands. Yeah, you ever notice that? Uh-huh. Because he's saying he's counting for both. Counting for both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some people may not catch that, <laughs> but that's good refereeing. Yeah. When it's one opponent, he's just counting with one hand. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's the way it's done in the WWE. By the way, um, good show. Well, I don't know if it's good. I just started watching it. Um, heels. Yes. On is that on Stars? Stars. Yeah, yeah. Episode two just ended. I'll yeah. be honest, I'm only watching it because I'm a big wrestling fan. Yeah. But you know, kind of interesting so far. No big name actors like we were talking about, mm-hmm. but it's okay so far. Yeah, no, I, I saw the first episode, you know, missed the one that was on yesterday, but uh I'll go back and watch it. Yeah. Um you know, they got me for a second episode, you know, I'll see how they do. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it wasn't bad. So the first episode, um, that was the one where he wrestled his brother, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So this one was kind of the fallout of that. So it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm gonna continue watching. Unfortunately, I wanted to get to bed early, couldn't do it. Kept kept watching that, <laughs> and then because the episodes are like an hour and ten. Yeah. All right, folks. Pacific Coast boxing. Let's talk about the Manny Pacquiao. Rick can't wait to get to the takes. Okay. Another uh, another injury by Manny Pacquiao as citing as the reason why he lost. We'll see about that. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. All right. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado. A little old school with the Rocky Marciano and Jersey Joe Walcott. Here's the thing. I haven't even started looking, but round 14. I actually think round 14 is going to be a little easier. Yeah, you know, 13, it uh, you know, it was tough to find one. Yeah, one. I know I know round 15. I'm going to tell you yeah. that much. I already know which one we're going to go with round 15. Uh-huh. It's a fight that we missed last episode, um, last fight, and uh, Goyo from the Hill reminded us at the Dignity Health Sports Center uh-huh. at that fight. A little teaser for the fans, but that's uh, it's it was a really good fight. Yeah. Another old, obviously, it's got to be old school if it was in round fifteen. <laughs> so, all right, Rick, um, an old school fighter, Manny Pacquiao, yeah. eight weight division champion, went down to the Cuban Ugas this past weekend on that fight card. Rick, what do we got? Yeah, so um, unanimous decision. Uh, I think uh, two judges had it at eight rounds to four. The last judge had it uh, seven rounds to five. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. good decision, fair decision. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of, you know, we go into these fights thinking, you know, hey, Manny's the A side. Yeah. Um, you know, they want that uh, Earl, Sp- Earl Spence uh, fight. He's going to start off that fight up four rounds. Yeah. You know, just kind of going in. Yeah. And, um, you know, turned out, you know, pretty legit on the scoring. Yeah, that's a good point to start the discussion there because uh, there was a lot of um, media, of course, and folks that weighed in on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that surprised people, to be honest yeah. with you, right? I think some folks, you know, were expecting that 114-114, right, um, that draw. Well, I think even the announcers were kind of like hinting at it, like, yeah, hey, be prepared, right, you know, right. this could be, right? you know. Because now, and in fairness, right, some of those rounds, even though – Ugas was clearly was landing the cleaner mm-hmm. punches. He wasn't the busier fighter, yeah. and, and the punch stats show that, right? But the judges don't always get that right, and yeah. there's that whole effective aggression, you know, aggressor and all that nonsense, right? So I think the not I think the judges did get it right, and I think a lot of folks were a little surprised and maybe even relieved though yeah. that we're not talking about some controversy. I think in you know holistically, everybody agrees that Ugas won the fight. May not yeah. have been dominating, yeah. but he did win. No, yeah. Um, I, I think there are a, a bunch of people that, uh, you know, a little bit sad over the decision. You know, I think a, yeah. a, a Terrence Crawford, yeah. you know, I think um, he was hoping for a Manny Pacquiao fight if Pacquiao would have won. I think Earl Spence, same thing, kind of waiting for a Manny Pacquiao fight. I think even Mikey Garcia, yeah. if, if Pacquiao would have won this fight. You know, so there's a lot of money was lost on this fight. You oh, know, no, absolutely. With the result. So I, I, yeah. I think, uh, you know, PBC... Probably isn't happy. You know, the only way that I think they're okay with this is if they knew, no matter what, this was Pacquiao's last fight. 
Yeah, you well, know, and Pacquiao hinted at it. Yeah. But you're right. You're exactly right. Um, and I think that that's, again, going back to what you said about the judging and the decision, that's why I think a lot of folks were surprised, mm-hmm. right? Because they know that Manny Pacquiao is the cash cow. Yeah. And any fight that he's in is going to generate, whether it's pay-per-views, at the gate, everything. Uh, even uh, Vegas. Vegas made a ton of money this week oh, yeah. just because Pacquiao Absolute, was in town. A hundred percent. That's a good point, Rick. Oh, no, the revenue that yeah. he generates. Yeah, he's a one-man monetizing machine mm-hmm. in every single way. So hence why it was surprising, right? The decision was as clean, I'll just yeah. say. Not one judge the other way, Rick. Unanimous. Yeah, no. And, and, right? And how many times do you see that? You know, not not very often. No, you know, not very it, often. Not you know, very often. Ugas, a fighter that, you know, not too many people know. No. You know, 26 and 4, yeah. you know, so not um, not a household name. No, no, not at all. That, I'm certainly, that's why everybody, I think, was yeah. a little bit, not surprised, but almost relieved, like saying, yeah, he, he did win. Almost mm-hmm. like, unfortunately, we have to give him the win. Yeah. <laughs> right? Manny didn't do enough to have even put the thought of making this controversial. He just yeah. didn't do enough. Yeah, no, I I think it was, you know, just diving into the to, to, to the fight you know, it was a bad matchup. You know, Ugas was too tall, too big. You know, he, yeah. he looked like a mid, uh, super middleweight in there. Um, you know, you want to say too young, but he was only seven years. You know, he's yeah. 35 years old, too. You no know, spring would, chicken no, yeah. for, for so a fighter. It um, it just, you know, Manny with the two-year layoff. You know, it, it, like the older Manny got, you know, this was going to be a tougher fight for him. It was probably better that it was Ugas and not a Spence, not a Crawford, because yeah. Pacquiao would have gotten knocked out. Yeah, that's a very good point, Rick. I thought that it's not that he was exposed. It's yeah. just he's fighting a bigger, you know, somewhat younger guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, Ugas did exactly the script that De La Hoya probably should have followed, right? De La mm-hmm. Hoya's 5'10", but of course he came into that fight yeah. at, what, 142 or something? Yeah. And fought like the slower man. Ugas, right, fought the blueprint. He showed mm-hmm. the blueprint for how to fight a smaller guy. His reach, by the way, he could punch Manny from all the way across the ring. Yeah. <laughs> right? He could be all the way across the ring and land the jab. So it was real simple strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Double jab and then that infamous Cuban right that I know you fell in love with, Rick. Well, no, right? I, I, love the, I love the Cuban right. Never, never yeah. had heard of it before. And it's it's kind of like an, a hook yeah. slash slap you yeah. know, from the side. Yes. You know, and uh, and there's no defense for it. It just gets around the guard. Yeah, no, that's trust me, Rick. Yeah, I've I've actually tasted the Cuban right a yeah. couple times, and I can attest to that. Right? Yeah, um, but it's kind of like the Daniel uh, Larusa the crane technique, uh-huh. right? If executed to perfection, no no, can, no no defense, right? No can defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. No can defense. That's exactly <laughs> right. And he Ugas has the Cuban right down to perfection. Yeah. So there was nothing that Manny Pacquiao could do. Here's the thing. He completely neutralized Manny Pacquiao with the jab. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, he was landing that right hand to the body, into the head. And that's all it took, right? Yeah. Now, does a younger Manny Pacquiao, is he able to somehow get a run around that and stymie the height and, and reach distance? Maybe. He showed flashes mm-hmm. of it in the very first round, right? Mm-hmm. We saw that infamous Manny coming forward, yeah. throwing both hands, even sometimes at the same time. Yeah. Kind of like what he did, that flurry that he did with Thurman, and then when Thurman went down, unfortunately. Yeah. Right? And so we thought, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. That was the only flurry that we saw, really. Yeah, it just, um, he looked old from the from the beginning. I think yeah. it was in the second or third round. You know, I think I because we watched it. You know, I turned to you and I said, "He looks old." Yeah. You know, he, yeah. there were there was no. He was moving straight forward. He didn't move to his left. He didn't move to his right. He just no lateral movement at all. Yeah, and of course, right? He's citing that he says his legs cramped up, yeah. Rick. He says in the second round his legs cramped up. My issue with that is when he lost to Mayweather, his shoulder was an issue. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it was substantiated afterwards, you know, by the doctors that, you know, that they had surgery. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be nice if a fighter loses and just says, I gave it my best and I was beat by the, be- by the, be- by the better man? Yeah. Right? No, what, it would have what, been what good novelty. to hear. You know, I, but I, I just think that the two-year layoff, his age, yeah, those two things just, just made it, made this kind of too hard of a fight yeah it um you know at 42 you know maybe at 40 he's able to beat you know 
maybe the Earl Spence fight should have happened back then. Yeah. You know, COVID kind of put a damper on everything, you know, but um, it was too long. Two years was way too long. Two years was way too long, but also, and I, and I don't think this is one of those, you know, fighters age overnight. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a bad matchup, I'm telling yeah. you. The whole styles make fights. I said it in the intro, and I know it's overused. Yeah. But if he fights somebody his size, like let's just say he fights a Mikey Garcia, yeah. this is a much more competitive fight. Yeah, I, I just think he didn't have the legs to go to a plan B. Right. They, they, like, you know, I yeah. don't know if, if Freddie, Boo Boy, somebody's going to come up with a plan B. Yeah, you know, here's the thing, right? We didn't talk about it last week, but when when the opponent was changed, right, uh-huh. and they had to fight Ugas, you're training to fight the tall, left-handed Earl yeah. Spence Jr. So to take that fight, right, mm-hmm. and, you know, what kind of what, what was the difference in strategy then? Yeah. But here's the thing, right? I didn't bring it up because, quite honestly, Manny Pacquiao has one basic style, right? Yeah. And that is like that Tasmanian devil, mm-hmm. right? He's going to even... Even in the last round, by the way, he was still ready to mix it up. Yeah, he was still ready, right? Sean Porter even said, or, or was it Keith Thurman said, he's still looking to knock him out if he could, but he just can't. So I don't think that they had enough time to prepare. See yeah. that I would have bought. Okay, right? Yeah, that I could have digested and said, yeah, I could see that. You mm-hmm. took the fight on last, you know, a, a couple eleven days notice. I think, right? It's a different opponent. It's a right hander. Except here's the thing: what would have been the difference? Because Spence is basically a mirror. Yeah. Of Ugas just from the left side. So what's the difference? Yeah. Still yeah. taller, younger, mm-hmm. faster guy. Yeah. So that you know, that so I, I wouldn't have bought it completely. Mm-hmm. Is that the end is this the end of Manny Pacquiao? I'm gonna say you know, and all day today I was thinking yes, and and I think after the fight I was thinking this is the end of Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Um but things I'm reading, things I'm hearing. Yeah. I don't think this is the end of Manny Pacquiao. Right, um, right. From what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. in a month, and he, he touched on it after the uh, after the fight. Yeah. You know, that uh, he's going to have an announcement on whether or not he's going to run for president of the Philippines. Right. I think he is going to run. Yeah. I think that had part to do with why yeah. he took this fight. Sure. With with all the bad matches. Right. They, they had to have known this is probably not going to be a great matchup right. for us. Right. But- Either I fight or I don't fight for another year. Right. Another, you know, two years. Right. And at 43, 44, yeah. you know, very few of us can still fight at that age. Right. You know, and so from what I'm hearing is in a month, he's going to announce. In a matter of speaking. Right? Yeah, yeah. In about a month, he's going <laughs> to announce, I'm running for president yeah. of the Philippines. Yeah. Um, and from what I'm hearing, yeah. it's not going to win. Yeah. So once he goes through the whole election yeah. process, does right. not win, mm-hmm. what is he left with? Right. He's left with, hey, I lost my last fight. Yeah. Let me go and, you know, fight again. Yeah. So when when these legends go out, yeah. they go out like uh, Muhammad Ali versus Larry Holmes. Yeah. They go out like a, like a Julio Cesar Chavez against yeah. Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. Like De La Hoya against yeah. him. Yeah. They, they go out like yeah. a... You know, Sugar Ray Leonard versus uh, Camacho. Yeah, you know right. that's how they're going to go out. Yeah, and he's going to end up getting floored. Yeah, a year from now. You think so? I, yeah. I think that's a that's a very interesting take, and I don't think you're way off, by the way, because yeah. here's the thing: it's not like it's not like this was the first blemish on his record, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is a guy that got completely knocked out cold mm-hmm. by Marquez. This is a guy that lost to Tim Bradley. And Tim Zhu, which controversial decisions, but he did. Yeah. This is a guy that lost to Mayweather, right? But every time he loses, Rick, he seemingly so, comes back, yeah. right? Wins a fight or two that maybe some don't expect him to win, uh-huh. or wins it in such convincing fashion that people are willing to watch him fight again. And at this point, he's established, right? Yeah. Such a reputation that I don't even think it matters who he fights. Yeah. Pe- pe- people people are going to watch him fight. I think this. I agree with you, but I think he does this. I think he kind of takes like a, a an easier fight, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a two-fight deal. He fights one just to get the confidence back after this, because I don't think you want to put him in there against a Terrence Crawford like, immediately. Like, like a R- Ricardo Mayorga type. When, they, when everybody, somebody was retired, right. Something they throw like Mo, that. Uh, right. Mayorga against them and we, then look good. We, yeah, we could find, yeah, we could <laughs> find somebody in the, welter, in the welterweight division, right? Uh-huh. That that that. In fact, Rick, we may have seen we may, one. Well, we'll get there. We may have seen we'll, we'll, one we'll this weekend, there. right? That would be a perfect opponent uh-huh. for him, right? Yeah. 
And then everybody is once again all in saying, you know what? Maybe he did cramp Still up. Still got it. Right. He cramped up. He fought Ugas on 11 days notice, right? Uh-huh. Courageous to even do that. You give him an eight-week training camp against a known opponent and, you know, one more fight left. There, there's still pl- plenty of, you know, to be able to spin it. You know, I, I, I think, um, but I, I do think for the big fight, you know, his go-home fight, yeah. it can't be Earl Spence. It can't be Terrence Crawford because yeah. these guys are both going to knock him out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not going to be pretty. Right, absolutely. You know, he, he needs to have some sort of advantage in this one or even the playing field a little bit. Yeah. And um, look for him to fight maybe a Mikey Garcia. You know, somebody that's maybe this yeah. height. We've always said that, yeah. that that is the most pal- palatable matchup uh-huh. for him that, A, offers a, a, you know, a big name. Uh-huh. Right, an intriguing matchup. He's got the star power in Mikey Garcia, and people yeah. will go pay to watch that. And they're about the same size. Yeah, you know the only thing is, you know, Mikey's Mikey's a lot younger. But yeah, yeah. You know, Mikey's a smaller guy. Right you know, at this point in their, you know, in their careers. Right. You know, Mikey's talking about fighting at one forty now. Yeah. You know, so he is the smaller guy, but um, you know, it would be an interesting fight, and they make a lot of money. No, I agree because yeah. when you look in, when you look at the landscape of the welterweight division, Rick, there's there's nobody there. I mean, yeah. you're gonna put him against a Virgil Ortiz, no, right? Ortiz, you know, completely, literally finishes him, probably mm-hmm. worse than Marquez, right? I mean, Sean Porter, okay. If Sean Porter wins a championship, yeah. I think that fight, Rick, would be very entertaining. By the way, because they both fight very similar styles, yeah, right? Kind of move forward. Smothering, etc. Tell you what, Rick, um, we're not done. Let's take mm-hmm. a quick break. Let's finish the discussion on Manny Pacquiao and then let's talk about the rest of the fights that took place on that card. We'll be right back, Pacific Coast Boxing. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado. Don't forget to hit us up. Uh, PacificCoastBoxing.com website is up. Don't forget to send us an email, counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com as well. Well, no surprise, Rick. The great Manny Pacquiao has gone into a second segment, Rick, mm-hmm. of Pacific Coast Boxing. So we ended that by talking about potentially you know, a Mikey Garcia. I think Sean Porter, Rick. I, I think Sean Porter is too dangerous to fight for him. I think he gets knocked out by Sean Porter. But they're about the same size, though, the thing is. And Manny Pacquiao still has the energy. Here's the thing, yeah. though. Sean Porter would have to win. This is why, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you're going to cover it in the news. But, you know, that, that Porter and Crawford fight is going to bid soon if it hasn't already, uh-huh. right? That fight gets made. And if Porter is somehow able to beat Crawford, you talk about a dream matchup. Yeah, you know, but, yeah, that's a lot of... Uh... A lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, I don't think I, – I, it's it's a close fight. I yeah. think you have to give the, the edge to Crawford. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I could see that because more than likely with it going to purse bid, yeah. there's not going to be a rematch clause. Right, you know, right. If, yeah. P, if PBC gets that yeah. belt on their side, yeah. they're not giving them a rematch. No. They're, they're keeping that with them. Right. They're going to keep it in-house, and then you can see uh, – uh, a Manny Pacquiao. Just looking again at the possibilities because of all the all the other welterweights, mm-hmm. it's only those two, I think, right? It's yeah. all, that have the name again, right? That have the name that people will be willing and that he's got a legitimate chance to win, I think, which yeah. is Mikey Garcia and Sean Porter. Yeah. No, it, it, uh, looking at the uh, one, 147, you know, looking at the rankings, you've got a, a lot of young up-and-coming fighters. Exactly. You know, you've exactly. got... Um, like 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 Mickey said, yeah. You know, these guys, you know, he's a killer. Yeah, they're you know, he's got killers, <laughs> and, and and they he hasn't been hungry since he won that belt. Right, and and he doesn't have he's running out of time. So yeah. I mean, if he's gonna stay, to me that's the blueprint, right? That's the plan. Mm-hmm. That's his roadmap. Fight one guy, you know, some somebody in the top fifteen, but that realistically is not gonna win. And then you fight Porter or Garcia, and you call it a career. Yeah, and you know. We, we don't need to see anything else. Um, a couple of the fights on that card, Rick. Yeah, well, we'll get to this one. In what was called the uh, back-in-the-mix fight. That's right. You know, That's right. You've got Robert the Big Gross fight. Guerrero versus uh, 
Victor Ortiz. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I think we mentioned it in, and Robert Guerrero won by unanimous decision. Yes. Uh, Victor Ortiz was still Victor Ortiz, too many yeah. headbutts. Um, that was pretty much his main offense. Yeah. And uh, he was younger than Guerrero. Yeah. So you, you would think, you know, if Guerrero's unable to knock him out mm-hmm. because Ortiz has the weaker chin, chin yeah. then, you know, Ortiz should have the advantage in this fight. No, it was it was the ghost was pretty much you know, a boxing lesson, um, you know. But we we kind of laughed, you know, about you know how can this be the back in the mix fight? Right. You know, it, both right. guys irrelevant. You know, this wouldn't have been a good fight when their primes ten years ago. Right. And then we're right. getting this fight now, and then yeah, you know, they're talking. Oh, this is the back in the mix fight. Yeah. This could be if that tune up that you're talking about. Right. Where Manny Pacquiao fights. A Robert Guerrero, right? You know, a light puncher, mm-hmm. somebody that um, you know is going to be right there in front of him. That's exactly right. You know, and this could be that stepping stone. But yeah, if if Robert Guerrero gets put in against uh, a Keith Thurman, yeah, uh, you know, an Earl Spence, yeah, you know, now on our, on now our, it's just ridiculous. A Virgil Ortiz Jr. Yeah, right. It, now now we're just getting crazy. There there's, there's no reason to have this as the yeah you know back in the mix fight. It was yeah. just. I got to tell you, by the way, yeah. Rick, was that one of the most, I don't know, it was one of the most, I don't know if there was a lot of punches thrown. Uh-huh. And by the way, all respect to these two guys, yeah. right? Um, you know, the West Coast guys, former champions, right? Nothing but respect for them. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, that was one of the most unentertaining, right? <laughs> Dull. Yeah. It was one round repeated 12 times, Right. And, and, and I felt like there was probably just too much respect between the two. I think they both like one another. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen Robert Guerrero's dad, you know, yeah. cussing at Victor Ortiz for yeah. something, doing, yeah. uh-uh. coming across the ring. Yeah. Too much respect. The only thing that it reminded me of, Rick, it reminded me of um, of when I was out watching my, you know, Sophia play fast pitch softball. Uh-huh. And then during the break on the field next to us on a Sunday was the, the, uh, the Sunday Fast League baseball yeah. guys. That's what that's what it reminded me of watching a painful nine innings <laughs> with a guy, you know, shirt, you know, halfway, you know, up his belly, which is fine, by the way. Yeah. Right. I totally appreciate and respect those guys still playing. But he's throwing, you know, a curveball at 54 miles an hour and a fastball at 52. You know, right. And I, and I think at one point during the fight, we, were, we I think we talked about how much better this fight would have been two minute rounds. Right. And only eight. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Again, both of them were in good shape. You know, both Mm -hmm. of them did what they could. Um, Robert Guerrero, of course, afterwards is coming out saying, you know, it was a war. And at this point, he's ready to go with whoever. But that's the thing, right? As I said earlier, he would be an excellent opponent. He Uh has a name. He's a former champion. He's very durable, right? He's he's not. Almost as old as man. Yeah, and he, yeah, he's not going to give you a boring fight. Again, to his credit, by yeah. the way, and he did fight well. Let's yeah. I'll give him credit. He did fight well. Beautiful uppercuts, mm-hmm. right? He did. He outboxed. He outfought Ortiz. So that would be a good opponent for Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Amazing, we were saying at that age that he's able to stay at 147. That in itself is an accomplishment. Yeah, no, bo- both of them. You know, for you know, their primes were 10 years ago. You know, maybe yeah. he could have been even longer than that. Yeah, but. To still be able to make it down to 147, right. both look good. Right. You know, both look in, in good shape. Oh, exactly. Ortiz, big family guy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I see him on Instagram. So, no, nothing but respect to both yeah. of these guys. But let's not kid ourselves and talk yeah. about these guys being back in the mix. Back in the mix. But they have a name. Yeah. That's the thing. They have a name, and I think that it's a perfect matchup for Manny Pacquiao. And, and it's too soon because I was checking the uh, boxing rankings just to see if these guys were on there yet. No. But they still have the rankings from last week. Yeah. Maybe by next week. Yeah. You know, we'll see one of them creep into the... Uh, you never you know, know. I'd hate to see one of them in the top 10. You never know. <laughs> you never know, Rick. Yeah. Um, also on this card, uh, Mark uh, Magsayo, uh, Filipino, um, trained by um, Freddie Roach. Yeah. Impressive knockout over uh, Julio Ceja. Yeah. Um, good thing uh, there was no brain bleed. And um, I guess Seha had a broken orbital bone, so he's going to probably be on the shelf for a little bit, I see. recovering from that. Okay. But um, Masaya was down on all four or yeah. all three cards. Yeah. You know, before uh, he got the knockout. Yeah, he was down on all three. He knocked down mm-hmm. Seha early, uh, first round. Seha came back and knocked him down. Yeah. Um, Maxayo, by the way, is in that same 147 pound division that yeah. we were just talking about. Okay. 
Um, I'm not impressed with Maxia, Rick. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. I, but, I wasn't you know, impressed with him as far as him being an elite welterweight. Yeah. I don't think so. A good welterweight, right? Solid guy. Um, yes, but not world class to be a champion. Not that I saw. Yeah, no, no, no. He's he's not at that point. But um, I I think they fight at feather though. Oh, it was a featherweight? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know how I messed that up. I yeah. thought it was. I thought they were a welterweight. E- either way. Yeah. Either way. Um, yeah. I just. I. I. I don't. I don't see him. Yeah. Um, you know, his, he, again, he was losing He was losing, to, to yeah. Seha. Now, don't get me wrong, right? Seha Seha's is, is, tough. Seha's tough. He's come forward, phone booth, ahead on all rounds, right? And again, I give Maxeo nothing but credit, by the way, uh-huh. right? To come back from that and knock him out is amazing, but I don't see him. And they have him, by the way. They have him ranked number three um, at the featherweight division in, the, in WBO. Right. Yeah. They have him ranked number uh, four in the WBC. So he's definitely ranked five in the IBF. So he's definitely up there. I don't see him. Imagine him with an Emmanuel Navaretti. Yeah. No. No. Those are those are all going to be tough fights. Um, you know. I think I said good fight just because it it was the one right before the Guerrero. Yeah. And, uh, right. Right. No. And it Ortiz, was. Yeah. And, and it was. It was a good fight. I mean, the yeah. tables turned. Right. We thought Seho was going to completely start to dominate and take over, mm-hmm. which he did. Couldn't yeah. finish him off, and then all of a sudden, and then um, Seha was the one that uh, he had a draw with uh, Brandon Figueroa. Was his fight right before this one? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So you know, it uh, you know Seha was right there. Yeah, and um, you know Maxayo now he he's gonna get um, a pretty good fight here coming up. Well, he, he'll have to. He's I mean, if, yeah. if I do the average, he's like yeah. you know number three, number four across all sanctioning bodies. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That doesn't happen too often, no. by the way. And then uh, the the fight before, it was uh, Carlos Castro. Yeah. Uh, with a knockout victory over Oscar Escandon. Yeah. Uh, another uh, good fight. You know, I think um, Castro was just way too big. You know, wore Escandon down. You know, yeah. the 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 longer the fight went on. Yeah, he did. He did. Still a good fight. It was a good card. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, good card. You know, I, I thought the pay per view. Um, was pretty good. You know, most of the times you get uh, you know the main event and a bunch of snooze right um, fights, yeah. but uh, it's pretty entertaining. You know, and Porter and, and Thurman did a good job on. Uh, yeah, I yeah. thought so too. Thur- uh, down the Porter Porter went in and did the play by play. Yeah, right Later. with uh, with Goosen as a color analyst, which which I thought worked. I think they need to give Keith Thurman the color analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, opportunity at some point. I think he has, but yeah. I think at some point that's where. By the way, other than you know finding an uh, an opponent for him, yeah, I good, think good luck with that. Yeah, they, again on uh, on boxing scene, they uh, they were interviewing him, and they were asking him about you know who is the opponent that you would like to fight, and he says he won't mention any names, right. He doesn't mention any names. He just says that he's ready to fight because then he would have to actually fight him. Well. You know what he? I think what I think these guys, Rick. But you know they're in the PBC, right? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of politics there, and I mm-hmm. think there's a part of it where Heyman and folks say, "Hey, listen, right? I don't want to say com- put a complete muzzle on it, but I think it's like yeah. understood in that space within PBC. You don't you don't say that, right? You yeah. don't start calling out fighters, right? That's that's not what they do. I think that's part of it, in my in my yeah. opinion. But yeah. here's here's the stat. Yeah. He fought Robert Guerrero back yeah. in 2015. Yeah. He's only had five fights since then. Yeah. You know, so it's it's you know, yeah. it's pretty thin, but yeah, you you look at the who he's fought. But look who he's fought. That's you've right. got uh Robert Guerrero, mm-hmm. Louis Louis Calazzo, yep. Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, Josecito Lopez, right. Manny Pacquiao, right. all PBC guys. Right. So, exactly. yeah, it's going to be one of those guys, you know, who knows who, you know. Unfortunately, do we do we get the uh, Robert Guerrero Guerrero rematch yeah yeah you, you know, never know i hope not i hope i hope not too but yeah they were um but he was making some pretty interesting feedback yeah he talked about your guy tito trinidad uh-huh. being um kind of just having a basic style that mm-hmm. worked for him because they were asking him about deontay wilder um and what he thought of his opportunities he says he's looking good in camp he's mixing up he's learning new combinations mm-hmm. so we'll see all right um we will be right back we'll talk about the fights coming up next week we've got one card I know we've got the stat of the week. Yeah. Um, I haven't mentioned Rick. I really haven't mentioned the uh, the lock of the week. Right? Yeah, no, it, it uh, you know disappointing on the lock of the week. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we, we, we touched on it. Just too many things were in Manny Pacquiao's uh, corner. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, we fought, thought the judges would give him four rounds. Yeah. You know, had he gotten those four rounds, you know, we've got to drop. Yeah, no, that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. It would have been exactly what you thought. Yeah. But like a great fighter, Rick, you're not afraid to mix it up and no. continue throwing no. out your lock of the week, right? Yeah. So, all right, folks, we'll be back. Be interested to hear your lock of the week this week. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a feeling I know which one it's going to be. Yeah. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado. So we got the fight card coming up this weekend, and then we got the news that is taking place in the world of boxing, Rick. So what do we got? Uh, So this weekend we've got from Cleveland, Ohio, Showtime pay-per-view. We've got uh, Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley. Uh, This is eight rounds, and they are fighting in the cruiserweight division. Yeah, like I said, next next fight. I don't I don't I don't really talk about those. I mean, again, I have all the respect in the world for what um cuz I get asked about this a lot. Yeah. We get asked about mm-hmm. this a lot, right? And we do. It's probably unfortunately one of the biggest questions we get. What do you guys think about that, right? Um and my response is the same. I have a lot of respect for what Jake Paul's doing. Yeah. He's taking the craft seriously. He's working out, but he's not a real fighter. No. Okay. I don't blame him. He's capitalizing on his name, on the social media, and everything that's available in that space to monetize his name and popularity. So I give him credit for that. Yeah. Am I going to talk about his match as an actual boxing match and break down the tail of the tape and tell you what I think? No. Yeah. Because he's not a real fighter. No. But he fights for real in the ring. Yeah. And anybody who does that, I tell you right now, I have nothing but respect for him. Yeah. I do think this is going to be his best fight of the, of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, Tyron Woodley is 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 a legit um, yeah. UFC fighter. Um, you know, Kenny Box. I know he's going to be in tremendous shape. He's not yeah. going to come in like a Ben Askren. Right. You know, right. look sloppy. Look like he's he more of a striker. A bit. Um, yeah, he can strike. Okay. Um, he's probably more of a wrestler, but... Um, He's in good shape, you know, but I think the later yeah. this fight goes, yeah. Jake Paul has the advantage. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. You know, right. I, you know, with, with, with the Manny Pacquiao loss this weekend, I, I, I'm not touching this one for the lock of the week. Okay. Uh, I'll go with this fight, the Amanda Serrano. Yes. And Yamileth um, Mercado. Yeah, shocker. Uh, shocker and that this you would go for with this one. Serrano's WBC and WBO featherweight titles. Yeah. Um, I've got Serrano um, winning this fight. Why don't you just go the next step and say lock of the week is Serrano? How about by KO so that she can reach Christy Martin's record? I'm a little torn on that, by the yeah. way. I'm a little torn. You know, she's got 30 knockouts. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, Christy Martin's sitting at 32. Okay. So 33 KOs, and Amanda Serrano surpasses Christy Martin, the coal miner's daughter. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking KO as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I just there's not enough on. Uh, Yamileth uh, Mercado. I think I think she ends up getting stopped. Yeah. Um, and if it's going ten rounds, by the fifth. Yeah. I think. You know, so your lock of the week is the win and the knockout, or just I'll, the I'll win? I'll take Rick? the knockout as well. Okay. There yeah. you go. Yeah, go there you go. And, uh, now we're talking, yeah. Rick, because taking her is is kind of a, an easy uh-huh. pick, but it is the lock of the week. And and you did mention the uh, coal miner's daughter. Uh, yes. You know, great uh, special on Netflix. Um, Watch it, you know, I think it's about an hour and a half long. Yeah. It gets into Christy Martin's uh, uh, career, mm-hmm. you know, before, during, yeah. and after. I'll have to check that out yeah. because she was, she was women's boxing. And uh-huh. in a lot of ways, right, she said she paved the way yeah. for a lot of the female and women's boxing yeah. back in the day when it was really more of a, almost like a sideshow, right? Yeah. It wasn't really considered real. Now, you know, you got the Sula Mabinas, the Amanda Serranos, the Katie Taylors that I think owe uh, the coal miner's daughter. Um, I haven't seen it, but I will. You said it's on Netflix? Netflix. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, We've also got uh, Montana Love versus uh, Ivan Branchik. Yes. So Branchik has popped up again. Yes, his name. In in a fight. Uh, We got Daniel Dubow versus uh, Giuseppe Angelo. Kusamano. Yes. You know, in a heavyweight bout. Yep. And then you've got Tommy Fury versus uh, Anthony Taylor. Tyson's brother, right? Yeah. And those are the guys that are going back and forth, by the way. So they're kind of setting that up, right? Where yeah. Fury wins and that's the next opponent for Paul or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then 
Okay, because Fury, I don't know enough about him. I'm not going to say Fury's a real fighter. I think he's a real boxer, right? Yeah, I think he's a real boxer. Uh, this is at a catch weight at 180. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so we'll get into the news. Uh, you know, the Canelo, uh, Canelo yes. Alvarez um, plant fight is set for November 6th. Yeah. Uh, Canelo opens up at a uh, minus 700. Yeah, which is way out there. I'll have yeah. to look at what that is, but that's way out there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter is going to purse bid. Yeah. Uh, the WBO. Um, by the way, going back on that, Caleb Plant is saying that um, the fight is going to be easier than people think, by the way, is what Caleb yeah. Plant. I know we'll talk more about that the closer we get to it. But, yeah, Caleb Plant yeah. is saying, yeah, this was going to be easier. Like he's almost like I'm not even sure what people are thinking. Well, I think I think he thinks it's easier because of the level of competition Yeah. Uh, that he's been fighting. You know, his last fight <laughs> was Caleb Truax. Yeah. You know, that's not going to be Canelo Alvarez. Um, so yeah, the purse bid for the Crawford Porter, yeah. September 2nd, um, would love to see this fight. Yeah. You know, it, it would legitimize, you know, Crawford as, as a uh, welterweight champ if he's able to win this one. Well, let's just call it what it is. It'll be his first credible opponent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be his first actual opponent, yeah. right? I mean, you could say the Cavialuskas, the guy that, mm-hmm. you know, that Virgil Ortiz Jr. just knocked out is legitimate as well, but Cavialuskas has never had a, a championship belt, never had yeah. a strap. Sean Porter has. This would be his first actual fight. And what's amazing is that everybody has Crawford as, you know, no lower than number three mm-hmm. on the, you know, mythical pound for pound list, Rick. I don't get it. Yeah. You got to no. beat people. You, uh-huh. It can't just be skill sets. Otherwise, you know, you can go to a boxing gym and watch guys that are amazing on the mitts and the heavy bag and the jump rope mm-hmm. and what they're pound for pound. You got to fight and beat credible opponents, yeah. which Crawford to date has not. Beat a, beat other champions, beat other you know Hall of Fame. Somebody, you know, I don't yeah. even care if you beat like old has-beens. He hasn't even done that. Yeah, no, no not even a Robert Guerrero. On no, his not even the ghost. Like, nothing. It's it's just like up and comers. Yeah. Um, sounds like Earl Spence could be out a year with uh, his eye injury. Wow, um, that you know, sucks. Yeah, not good to hear that. Um, you know, it kind of takes him out. I think of the uh, the Pacquiao fight. Yeah. Um. It sounds like Mikey Garcia, the Regis Progre fight, it's going to be on hold until late 2021. Um, it looks like they're going to get uh, a couple tune-ups, um, yeah. each of them, and then lead into that fight. I think the purpose of the tune-ups was to keep Mikey Garcia available just in case Pacquiao won that fight. He was looked at as maybe a, an opponent. Yeah, maybe the true, truly the last fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mikey Garcia now is going on what? On a year, well, I, I can look here. Those is another the year. It was, it was March 16th of what year? What are we talking? Was that in 2019? Oh, it's been a while. Had to be 2019, right? We'll look it up. Yeah, it was. It was, oh. No, yeah, 2020. He fought last February against Jesse Vargas. That was okay. his last fight. So you know, he's a little bit more busier than uh, Keith Thurman. Yeah. <laughs> well, but what about Gary Russell Jr.? Yeah, well, Gary Russell's shown up at the huh? fights, and he was uh, <laughs> saying that uh, nobody wants to fight him. But yeah, Gary, Gary right. Russell, you know, the king of the one, uh, yeah, one fight a year. Um, Andy Ruiz, uh, he wanted to fight um, in the fall, uh, but he had uh, orthoscopic knee surgery, and now is his returns pushed back until December. Yeah, that makes more sense now, right? Yeah. As to what's going on. Not sure what happened, but hopefully he has a, a speedy recovery, of course. But mm-hmm. he needs to stay busy. Yeah. He he really does. You know, good fight against Ariola. It was competitive, probably a little bit more competitive than Fultz Stott. And I think that had as much to do with the fact that Ariola again, is, is, is in great shape and is being trained by the great Joe Goosen. Yeah. But I think that uh, he needs to get a fight in the fall. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like um, October 5th, uh, we've got the Teofimo Lopez versus uh, George Cambosis fight in yeah. Madison Square Garden. I tell you what, man. I mean, if there's a guy who needs to fight again, it's Teofimo Lopez. Yeah. I feel so bad because it's not his doing, right? Mm-hmm. It's all of this contractual nonsense about, you know, moving the fight because it's a thriller fight, right? Yeah. And they're, remember, they were talking about moving it to Australia and all yeah. this garbage, right? And then COVID and then, you know, it's... right. He's kind of been on like a year and a half to two year victory lap since the Lomachenko fight. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like the in you know I always say it a virtuoso performance, uh-huh. right? And we haven't seen him since. No, correct me if I'm wrong, but have we seen him since? No. And that's yeah, the thing. Is, 
right? And this was a and this was he fought. You know, of course, we're talking about the takeover to Fima Lopez, uh-huh. one of our favorite fighters, fifteen and zero virtuoso performance against Lomachenko. Um, this was in October of two thousand twenty. Was this, um, his last fight? Yeah, that's when it took place. Yeah, yeah. so it just seems like such a yeah, long. Yeah, it time, seems like it's he hasn't right? fought in, in so long. But for somebody his age, though, Rick, the thing yeah. is, it is a long time because mm-hmm. at this, he's only had sixteen fights. This is his prime, right? Yeah. So he should be fighting more, yeah. and and it's really robbing us, the boxing fans, of of honestly, what's one of the greatest and one of the best fighters that we have today. And and if he was struggling before at making lightweight, yeah, this this big layoff is not going to help. No, exactly. I yeah. mean, it's really, it's literally like having like a, you know, a great baseball player, mm-hmm. right? Like a, right now Mookie Betts is injured. Hopefully yeah. he'll come back. But it's like having a Mookie Betts in his prime and Mookie Betts just not playing. Yeah. For, He's supposed to come back Thursday, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But you know what I'm saying? It's just like, that's what it feels like. And mm-hmm. But in boxing, this is what happens. And it's just, it's wasted talent. And I don't care who he's fighting. Yeah. I'll watch him fight just whoever. needs to fight. Yeah. Um, Jose Ramirez is going to stay at 140. Uh, his next opponent is supposed to be uh, Jose Pedraza in December. And he should, by yeah. the way. I mean, he's not, you know, I think 140, by the way, if there was such a thing as like made for 140, it's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Moves up to 147. I don't know if he can sustain his style of fighting yeah. at the 147 pound weight division, Rick. I don't know. That kind of phone booth in your chest, right? There's some big guys there. And, and you know, who's to say, you know, uh, Josh Taylor doesn't move up to 147 and, right. and, and fight up there. Yeah. You know, Ramirez is there, you know, to pick up, uh, you know, to get his belts back. Exactly. Um, the rumored uh, Danny Roman, uh, Raiz Alim. Yeah. It's supposed to be the co-feature for the uh, Steve Fulton-Brandon uh, Figueroa fight. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Negotiations broke down. Um. We've got uh, the WBC. Yeah, um, has mandated Bitarbiev uh, versus Marcus Brown. Well, let's go back to the uh, the Daniel oh. Roman because that's unfortunate. Yeah, by the way, because so Raisa Salim is ranked number one by the WBA. Mm-hmm. You talk about a hard luck fighter, Rick. Yeah, right. Who again? I don't know how it happens, right? But all I could tell you is, if I was his manager, I would not have allowed him to fight Akhmadayev, right? Mm-hmm. Akhmadayev, sorry. Without a rematch clause. He gives the young Akhmadilov uh, an opportunity. Yeah. Akhmadilov wins. Close fight, right? Danny Roman comes on at the end, as he normally does. And Akhmadilov is gone. Doesn't even have Danny Roman in, in the rearview mirror, <laughs> yeah. right? So now Danny Roman is sitting there. The great Danny Roman, the champion at 122 mm-hmm. pounds, right? And now he's like, how many eliminator fights is this poor guy going to be made to fight, man? Yeah. You know, like he should be fighting, you know, he... Uh, a good champion. Yeah. You know, he should fight, you know, Neary is there. Um, yeah. You know, it does sound like they're kind of setting up the Steve Fulton, Brandon Figueroa winner uh, to possibly fight uh, Daniel Roman, but, you know, he keeps having to fight those eliminators. Eventually yeah. he might lose one. That's what's going to happen, yeah. right? That's what I was going to get to. Eventually he is going to lose one because yeah. that's just the way it is, especially with, with his kind of style, right? And I love Danny Roman, but he's not getting any younger either. No. And I, yeah, I'll tell you, man. I, I just I feel bad for him in the 122 pound division. Yeah. Who's the greatest 122 pounder of all time, Rick? Alexis Arguello. Not Alexis Arguello, oh. Rick. Not Alexis <laughs> Arguello. <laughs> That's your guy, Rick. The bazooka. The, the bazooka. That is Wilfredo Gomez. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some say that they created the division for Wilfredo Gomez. Yeah. Yes, of course. Who lost? By the way, the anniversary, uh, August 20th, he lost to the great Salvador Sanchez. He got knocked out in round eight. But yeah, the 122-pound division. There's some divisions, Rick, that there's questions as to who's the Mm -hmm. best fighter. Not at the 122-pound. 122-pound, it is Wilfredo the Bazooka Gomez by far. Yeah. He probably would have knocked out all of these guys, to be honest with you. Yeah. He was that good. Uh, We've got- Your your uh, countryman, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> what else we got, um, Rick? We've got uh, Jaime Munguia. Uh, he was in negotiations with Ros- uh, Gabriel yeah. Rosado. Yeah. But it sounds like the WBC is mandating an eliminator between him and Dervinchenko. And I'll tell, I'm tell you something, right? Yep. That's unfortunate because now I don't know how that's all going to work. Can they pay Dervinchenko, you know, the proverbial step aside money, mm-hmm. right? Because that's a dangerous fight for Munguia. Yeah. Okay, Munguia has fought 
I think what was a Callum Smith. Um, he fought an English guy that gave him all he could handle, Rick. Yeah. Okay. Munguia can get out box because of how young he is. Rosado, even though Rosado had a great knockout right now, knockout of the year. In yeah. fact, it'll it's gonna be hard to beat that. Still, Rosado would be an easier matchup for Munguia, mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, than Derevachenko, because Derevachenko is the real deal. Yeah. This guy can box. And and he's been in there with the elite. Exactly. That division. And he doesn't get blown away, by yeah. the way. He does not get blown away. Um He's he beat Triple G. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just say it. That that four rounds that he did beat Triple G. Watch that yeah. fight. Um Munguia will be taller than him. That is a dangerous fight for Munguia. Mm-hmm. In fact, okay, I'm not a betting man, but I may put a wager on Derevchenko if he fights Munguia, Rick. No, yeah, I think it's uh it's definitely a, a dangerous fight for him and uh you know, he still could fight Gabriel Rosado because there's probably more money in it and less risk. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it would be a mistake to to fight Derevchenko. And last bit of news, uh, Don King on yeah. uh, August 20th, a few days ago, he turned 90. That is amazing. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? He's born in 1931. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. He's only two years older than my dad. I talked to my dad yesterday, Rick. Uh-huh. My dad was born in, uh, in 33. He's 88. So I'll tell you what, you know, all of the books, you know, I'm a reader, every boxing book that I read, you know, mm-hmm. every single one of them, guess whose name pops up everywhere? Donkey. Donkey. Everywhere. Yeah. And by the way, yeah, always with some amount of controversy. <laughs> Not really relevant anymore, although although I read somewhere, I forget where, Rick, but there's a fight. There's He's doing fights, I think, in Philadelphia or somewhere this Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's yeah. promoting something. He's bringing back like that, not at the at the Blue Horizon. That used to be the old school mm-hmm. place, but it's another place. But he's bringing back fights somewhere because it's a Don King promoted, and I I thought that's odd. Hadn't seen his name promoting fights in a while. Yeah, no, it. Uh, every now and then he'll pop up. You know, he'll have some kind of random heavyweight. Yeah, or, you know, somebody somewhere. But um, the lawsuit that he had, that yeah. one heavyweight was. Was trying to sue him. All right. Um, we'll be right back. We got the stat of the week, and then we'll close this thing out. Been a great show. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. Pacific Coast Boxing. Ponza Ruiz back with Rick Prado, member of PacificCoastBoxing.com. And hit us up on email. Counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com. You're going to start seeing us at live fights, certainly out here on the West Coast. You got to look in those fights at the at the hangar in Costa uh-huh. Mesa, Rick. Looks yeah, like no. they're putting on monthly shows. Yeah, well, you know, we're close enough, you know, about an hour away. Yeah. You know, should be able to, to go to those. You got to hit up uh, Engelbert Productions. Uh-huh. So I- I'm going to see if we can get a hold of them. But stat of the week, Rick, what do we got? Stat of the week, um, I was reading an article about the uh, WBA. Yes. And uh, they're going to start. Um, My favorite sanctioning body. Start lowering their amount of titles. Yes. You know, because a lot of divisions, they've got four champions, you know. Yep. So, you know, I, I started counting them up. The WBA currently has 53 world champions. Wow. You know, whether they're regular, super. Gold. Gold. In term. They've got 53. In recess, yeah. If you count the other the other three sanctioning bodies, the WBC, IBF, and WBO. Yeah. 54 champions. Wow. 54 total. 54 total. And the, yeah, again, right? Well chronicled. If uh-huh. you listen to our podcast every week, how much I, and I'm being sarcastic, how much I love the WBA and their bogus championships, right? Yeah. So thank you for bringing this stat of the week out because it really puts the spotlight on the ridiculousness of it, man. Uh-huh. 54 total for the other three major sanctioning yeah. bodies and 53. So just one more. <laughs> just one more. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. I told you, right? I was reading in the WBA and they literally have no criteria for one of their belts. Like they could literally give it to anybody. No. There's no criteria. The super, that one's defined, okay? So they have the super and the regular. The regular is if you are only a champion in their... um in the WBA, yeah, right. So I'm I'm the WBA champion. If you are the WBC champion, if the w, if any of the other three organization recognizes you as a champion, then you become a super champion. And then you get the gold, which is supposedly, uh, you know, kind of like the one next to fight the super. Uh-huh. And then you got the interim, and then that's when it just starts getting out of hand. Yeah, with zero criteria. <laughs> Amazing, Rick. Absolutely amazing. 
unlike us, right, where we have a criteria, mm -hmm. where the bar is high and only champions are accepted. Wonderful round 13, Rick. Can't wait to talk about round 14. We'll see if Amanda Serrano and the lock of the week, she has to knock out her opponent yeah. for your lock of the week to, to, to come through, correct? Yes. Sounds good. All right, Rick, that'll do it for round 13. We'll see you next week. See you next week.